This week on WealthTrack, why 2019 is a watershed year for Social Security. Benefits guru Mary Beth Franklin explains the big changes next on Consuelo Mac WealthTrack. and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. Before we dive into this week's topic, we would like you to participate in an anonymous survey on WealthTrack.com to help us serve you better and also let our sponsors know just how special our audience is. So please join us on WealthTrack.com for a brief anonymous survey. Paying attention to Social Security benefits pays off and needs to be taken seriously from an earlier age than most people realize. Why start tracking it early? Social Security calculates the highest 35 years of earnings to determine your benefits, and you want to make sure they get your numbers right. So even if you are decades away from collecting, it's important to start keeping tabs. It is easy to do by opening your personal Social Security account for free at socialsecurity.gov myaccount to check those annual earnings figures. The 78 million strong baby boomer generation, however, is already there. According to Maximizing Social Security Retirement Benefits author Mary Beth Franklin, the oldest boomers turned 70 and a half in 2016, the age at which they must start tapping their retirement accounts or else face steep tax penalties. 10,000 people a day are hitting that number and will for the next decade or more. Many of us underestimate how important this benefit is. It is the single largest source of income for the majority of Americans aged 65 and older. It accounts for half or more of total income for 53% of married couples and 74% of unmarried individuals. It is one of the only sources of guaranteed income that retirees can count on for the rest of their lives. Its cost of living adjustments help maintain buying power over decades of retirement. But as Franklin points out, Social Security isn't static. There have been some major changes in recent years. In addition to being the author of Maximizing Social Security Benefits and an acknowledged expert on the subject, she is contributing editor at Investment News, a leading publication for financial advisors, and an award-winning personal finance journalist. I asked Franklin to take us through some of the most important changes in Social Security, starting with one with an expiration date. Well, 2019 is a watershed year for Social Security. 2019 is the last year that people who reach full retirement age this year, that means they turn 66 by the end of this year, have this incredible opportunity. If they are married or they're an eligible divorced spouse, they can say to Social Security when they claim benefits, don't pay me my benefits, let them keep growing by 8% a year. Until 70. Mm -hmm. Until 70. And pay me only as a spouse, pay me half of my wife's benefit, half of my husband's benefit. That for a married couple, when you look at their lifetime benefits over both of their lives, and the fact that one of them will get a survivor benefit at the end, can boost their lifetime benefits by 50, 60, $70,000 a year or more. This is huge. Now the only problem is you have to be born by January 1st, 1954 in order to do this. People like me who are born after that magic date will never have this option. And so this year is the last year that people who turn 66 are eligible for that option. 
That's correct. Now, that doesn't mean they have to exercise it this year. Right. Let's, oh, okay. Part of the strategy is your husband or wife actually has to claim a benefit to trigger a spousal benefit for you. So say I turn 66 this year, mm -hmm. maybe I'm married to a younger man who's only 64. Um, I can't claim my spousal benefit until he claims his. I see. So two years from now when he's 66 and I'm 68, at that point, I could claim spousal benefits only, get half of his benefit in addition to what he's getting. Right. And then my own benefit continues to grow by 8% a year up until age 70. And the key is at 70, I have to remember to actually claim my benefit. Social Security is not going to track me down and say, hey, mm -hmm. we owe you money. That's up to me to go claim my own benefit. What about people who are divorced? And you said it as the qualified ex-spouses. That's right, eligible ex-spouses. The way the Social Security rules work is if you are married at least 10 years, mm -hmm. you're divorced and you're currently single. Now maybe you were married to someone else in between, but if that marriage ended in death or divorce, you're currently single. You are allowed to claim Social Security benefits as if you're still married, but all the other basic rules apply. If I'm born by January 1st, 1954, meaning I turned 66 this year, I can claim spousal benefits on my ex, even if he or she has not claimed, as long as they're at least eligible to claim. It's an added benefit that divorced spouses have right. that married spouses don't. So just run that one by me again. Even if your ex has not claimed, you can claim spousal benefits. Right, let's look at it this way. Yes. Um, Let's say you had a particularly nasty divorce and one ex says to the other, and I am never going to retire and you're never going to get a dime of my money. Well, Congress thought that might be a problem. So in addition to being married at least 10 years, divorced and currently single, if you have been divorced at least two years and you're both at least 62 years old, meaning you're eligible for Social Security, you can claim on your ex's record even if your ex has not yet claimed. But the big caveat under these new rules is you must be born by January 1st, 1954 in order to do this when you reach your full retirement age. Unfortunately, that's only available to people who were born at the right time. Right. But there is a silver lining for those divorced spouses. <laughs> Guess what? If your ex dies, you are entitled to survivor benefits. And as a refresher course, a spousal benefit is worth up to 50% of the worker's benefit, whereas a survivor benefit is worth up to 100% of the worker's benefit. So yes, your ex is worth twice as much dead than alive, but you probably knew that anyway. <laughs> now, here's another little tip for you. I usually tell people, because now put this in perspective, there are more than 2,700 rules that govern Social Security benefits, and many of them are exceptions, and many of the exceptions apply to divorce. And it's very complicated. So I say the first rule people need to remember is there must be at least a decade between I do and I don't. If your marriage is falling apart in years eight, nine, and 10, string, string. out the paperwork. Right, exactly. The, Stay married for 10 years. Right. The All only right. dates that matter are the day you were married and the day of your final divorce decree. I have had financial advisors send me paperwork that showed their clients missed this by one day, by two days, really pay attention to the right, dates. Right, and they can't claim their ex-spouse's spousal benefits, right? Correct. All right. Now, the other thing is, these are all crazy rules, mm -hmm. I don't write them, I just interpret them, that if you wait until age 60 or later to remarry, 
You can't collect on a living ex, but you can collect survivor benefits on a dead ex even if you're married to someone else. So the second rule is if you're going to take a second trip down the aisle, wait till 60 to do it. Widows and widowers, I know you had a kind of a startling statistic about the advice that they were getting as how inaccurate it was from the Social Security offices, right? Can you explain that? First of all, um, widows and widowers who are also entitled to their own retirement benefit really can access two different pots of money mm -hmm. at different times, your own retirement benefit and your survivor, survivor. benefit. Mm -hmm. They are two different pots of money, and it doesn't matter when you're born. The Social Security Administration did an internal investigation, an audit about right. two years ago, that found in a very small random sample of people who were entitled to both retirement benefits and survivor benefits that the Social Security rep gave the wrong or less than optimum advice mm -hmm. in 82% mm -hmm. of the cases. Mm -hmm. That's pretty startling. Right. So to your audience, I say, if you are a widow or widower, and you're also entitled to your own retirement benefits, be aware the rules are different for you. They're more beneficial for you. Right. And the best thing I can do is say, go to the Social Security official website, which is ssa.gov, mm -hmm. socialsecurityadministration.government, and in the search box, just put widow or widower or survivor. And these wonderful, easy-to-read publications will come up explaining all your benefits and what you can get at different ages and how you can switch benefits, print it out, and take it with you to your Social Security office. Now, most of the Social Security reps do a great job. Right. Some get confused, but to have that document in front of you. And by the way, while many people can apply for Social Security benefits online, which I do encourage, mm -hmm. divorced spouses and survivors must go in person. Oh, they must, mm -hmm. all right. Some of the uh, you know, basic rules, let's just go over those because it, it does get confusing. Right. Now, the earliest eligible age for Social Security retirement is 62, mm -hmm. and that may be appropriate in some cases. And unfortunately, the majority of people still do claim benefits right. before full retirement and, and age. Who, let's talk about who is it appropriate for to, to claim your benefits as, as early as you can, which is at 62? I would say um, if you're in poor health, mm -hmm. the idea of delaying benefits until they're worth more is generally that you're going to be around to collect them. Right. If you don't think you're going to make it to average life expectancy, maybe you should claim early. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you need the money. That's what it's there mm -hmm. for. Maybe you sure. lost a job at 62. You had planned to work till 66. You need the money go ahead and take mm -hmm. it. And there are actually ways to undo that decision in some cases. I would also say that um, people who retire early at 62 and maybe work part-time, mm -hmm. they're subject to earnings restrictions, which are about 17,000 and change this year. But if you're working part-time and not making a whole lot of money, it may make sense to claim benefits early. And for married couples, it often makes great sense for one spouse, the one that's got the bigger Social Security benefit, to wait up until age 70 to get right. the maximum benefit. But then the other spouse may want to claim early. Mm -hmm. If he or she's not working because of this earnings restrictions, or if they are waiting to their full retirement age when earnings restrictions go away. The reason I say that this um, coordinated strategy is that you're bringing some money into the household Right. to take away a bit of the sting of having the other spouse wait till 70. And even though the person who collects Social Security retirement benefits early, those benefits are permanently reduced for the rest of his or her life, mm -hmm. it has no impact 
on her amount of survivor benefits. If he dies first and she's at least full retirement age at the time, she is still gonna get 100% of what he was collecting or entitled to collect at time of death. So it's a great way for married couples to coordinate their claiming strategies. Right. So the, so the other side is for most of us, we probably should not be collecting at 62 when we're first eligible and give us the reasons why we shouldn't be. Well, um, there are several reasons you don't want to claim early. Um, right. If you claim at the earliest age of 62, say versus your full retirement age of 66, your benefits are cut by 25% for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. They do not bounce up to the full amount once you reach full retirement age. If, if that works in your situation, that's great. But a lot of people will retire early and continue to work right. and not realize there's this very strict earnings cap. In 2019, if you earn more than $17,640 a year, Social Security is going to withhold some of your benefits. Mm -hmm. They're going to take back a dollar in benefits for every two over that limit. Essentially, you make about $55,000 a year or more, all gone. Right. But it's temporary. When you get to your full retirement age, Social Security is going to recalculate your earnings record and say, oh, we see we cut your benefits by 25 percent, but we also noticed that over the last four years, you forfeited 24 months worth of benefits to the earnings cap, two years worth of benefits. So now that you've reached your magic full retirement age, which is 66, which is 66 right. or at the moment, um, we're going to pretend as if you claimed at 64 instead of 62. We're going to add back those two years. Right. So yes, you'll get a reduction Not going forward. Not the four years, but Correct. two years. Only what you forfeited to the earnings I cap. See. Mm -hmm. So you will get a larger monthly benefit going forward. But frankly, it's an accounting nightmare. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they're going to put a fast one over on Social Security. They'll never know I'm working. Well, guess what? They do talk to the IRS. Oh. <laughs> Might take a year or two to catch up, but then you get a bill in the mail that say, oops, look, we overpaid you by $33,000. We'd right. like that back in a lump sum. Right. Why do that to yourself? I say, if you plan to keep working, simply don't claim early. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to claim at your full retirement age of 66 and keep working, that's fine. But here you've got this great opportunity. If you're able, if you're healthy enough and wealthy enough to delay, if you have other assets you can draw on or you plan to keep working, right. you're getting this enormous bonus of 8% per year. That's that you wait until you're 70. 70. And right. that bonus stops at 70, so mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense and to delay 70, beyond you, that. you have to take Social Security, is that Well, correct? you don't have to, but there's no reason not, not to, to because there's no bonus yes, after that. I see. And you get this big bonus. Um, the reason it's so significant is we have been living in a virtually zero interest rate environment for the last decade. Right. So in the old days, people say, well, I'll just claim my benefits early and I'll invest it. Well, maybe that made sense. But right now, I, I say you have to, quote, invest it in a, a risk-free investment, mm -hmm. which is essentially putting your money in a bank account right. where you're getting or zero. treasury bills or right. something where you're getting right, very little. Versus the government's going to give you 8% a year. Mm -hmm. It is a smoking hot deal. Mm -hmm. I just wrote about a brand new study that just came out today, in mm -hmm. fact, um, where only 4% of retirees wait until 70 to claim benefits. Wow. And the estimate was some mind-boggling that if more people waited till 70, they're leaving more than $3 trillion of retirement income on the, on the table, table, which would go a long way 
to helping with the retirement crisis we're facing. Mm -hmm. So many people are collecting smaller benefits early mm -hmm. where they would be in a much better position to wait if they could to get a bigger benefit. Right, so strategies for married couples. Let's talk a little bit more about them. Generally, married couples should coordinate their benefits. Mm -hmm. Now, you wanna look at the marital status. Okay, married people can do more things than single people. Let's look at your health. Mm -hmm. You know, are one or both of you likely to live a long time? Mm -hmm. um, and let's look at your income. Do you have other sources of income? If all you check all those boxes, that's what I would say. Let's have one of us wait till 70 and maybe the other one claim earlier. Right. I turn 66 next year, mm -hmm. meaning I can't do anything fancy. But he can. He's older than I am. Mm -hmm. So our new plan is when I turn 66 in 2020, I'm going to go ahead and claim my Social Security benefits. Right. Even if I'm still working, it doesn't matter. The earnings restrictions go away they at full retirement uh -huh. age. Now I'm triggering a spousal benefit for my husband, who would be 68. He, because he's born before that magic birthday of January 1st, 1954, can file a restricted claim for spousal benefits. Ah. That means he can get right. half of my benefits for two years, and then at 70, he will claim his own maximum benefits. Mm -hmm. So that's what I plan to do, and I think if people are in similar situations, it's a good strategy. Right. Let me say one thing about coordinating benefits. Yes. We're talking about spouses where they're both alive. What happens when one dies? Now we get into the survivor situation, and I'm going to give you an example from my own family. Mm -hmm. My brother Bobby died 10 years ago this month, mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. too soon. Sorry. Yep. And when his uh, widow Lillian turned 62 a few years ago, she said to me, okay, which Social Security benefit should I collect, my retirement benefit or my survivor benefit? And I asked, well, which one's bigger? She goes, oh, Bobby's much bigger than mine. I said, okay, you're 62. I know you're working part-time. Are, are you making much money? Nah, haven't felt like it since he died. Mm -hmm. All right. I want you to claim your own reduced retirement benefits at 62. Even if you lose some money to the earnings cap, don't worry about it. Right. Because when you reach your full retirement age of 66, you are going to switch to survivor benefits. Mm -hmm. And even though your retirement benefits were permanently reduced, it will have no impact on your survivor benefits. When you switch at 66, you'll still get 100% of what Bobby was entitled to mm -hmm. when he died. And that's what she did. Right. But ironically, in the past 10 years, she's become a very successful real estate agent, mm -hmm. making a lot of money. Had she asked me that same question, making $100,000 a year, I would have said, right. don't claim any benefits before full retirement age. You're mm -hmm. making too much money. You'll lose all your benefits. But I still want you to collect survivor benefits at 66 because this is important. Survivor benefits are worth the maximum amount when me, who's collecting them, is full retirement age. Mm -hmm. They do not get any bigger. Mm -hmm. But my own retirement benefits continue to grow right. by 8% a year. So I would have said take the survivor benefits at 66 and at 70 check to see if your own retirement benefits are bigger and if they are, switch at that point. And, you know, an important point, just to reiterate again, that you can go to Social Security, SSA.gov, and get the information about all of these and take them to a Social Security office um, just for backup if you need Correct. to. I, I Social Security website ha is right. just a wealth of information. They really have a lot of terrific educational pamphlets. You have a wonderful book as well, an e-book called Maximizing Social Security Retirement Benefits that is also a terrific resource. So Thank you. Wondering. I'm very proud of that and I update it every year so it's the latest information. If you look at the connection between Medicare and Social Security, 
they are joined at the hip. Absolutely. So explain some things that we should know um, about that connection and how, um, how interrelated they are. Well, in the old days, 65 was the magic number. You enrolled in Medicare, you applied for Social Security. Well, now there's a bit of a disconnection because the full retirement age for Social Security is 66 or higher, depending on your birth right. date, as high as 67. But the enrollment age for, for Medicare is still 65. And this is really confusing to people because there's no natural trigger of when do I enroll in Medicare? Yes. Medicare has four parts, A, B, C, and D. A covers hospitalization. It's essentially free because you've paid for it your whole life with payroll taxes. B covers outpatient services, doctor's fees. That has a monthly premium. Most retirees are paying $135.50 a month for Part B. If you're collecting Social Security, that Part B premium is deducted directly from your Social Security benefits. Regardless of, I mean, that just happens automatically. Correct. All right. If you're receiving Social Security benefits. Right. But if you've decided to delay Social Security to get a bigger benefit, but you still have to enroll in Medicare at 65, mm -hmm. now you're going to have to pay out of pocket. The, the confusing part for a lot of people is they don't realize that in most cases, they have to enroll in Medicare at 65 or face lifelong penalties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there another hitch as far as your income, um, as far as Medicaid, Medicare benefits are concerned? Medicare is means-based, right. which is means-tested. It's, yes. it's one of the great shocks of retirees. A lot of people that I talk to think they're going to turn 65 and will never pay a penny exactly. for health care the rest of their life because they're on Medicare. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but Medicare generally covers about half of your costs. Mm -hmm. um, right. Hospitalization, definitely. Right. right. Outpatients with your deductible and co-payments, right. at which case most people buy a supplemental policy called a Medigap policy to fill in those gaps, or they go the all-inclusive route, and instead of having Medicare A and B and a supplemental policy, they have a Medicare Advantage plan, which is like an HMO. It's a, mm -hmm. a network where everything's included, but you have to use specific providers, and it tends to be cheaper. Uh, but what people don't realize is while most Medicare beneficiaries are currently paying $135.50 a month for Part B. Depending on your income, yes. you could be paying a whole lot more. And I'm talking $460 a month per person if both spouses are over 65. Wow. And your Medicare Part D prescription drug plan is also tied to income. The thresholds are if you are single and your modified adjusted gross income, which is essentially everything on your tax return, plus any tax-exempt interest, mm -hmm. like if you invest in muni bonds, it's not tax-exempt when it comes to Medicare. Right. You add your adjusted gross income and your tax-exempt interest, that creates your modified adjusted gross income. If it's over 85000 if you're single, or over 170000 if you're married, now you're going to pay more for Medicare. At the end of every wealth track, as you know, Mary Beth, you've been a guest many times, we always ask, ask you if there's one thing you know, we should invest in in a long-term diversified portfolio, what should it be? Or if there's one action we should take to help our long-term diversified financial planning, what should it be? What would your response be? I would say invest your time, either going to the socialsecurity.gov website to really learn what benefits you're entitled to, right. or to invest your time meeting with your financial advisor, with your tax accountant, to say, what can I do to take advantage of these opportunities over the next few years to really secure my retirement in the future? 
Mary Beth Franklin, it's always such a treat to have you on Wealth Track. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. At the close of every Wealth Track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is know what your specific Social Security benefits are. They are valuable. As Mary Beth Franklin just told us, your individual circumstances matter. And for some of us, time to take advantage is running out. For example, if you were born by or before January 1st, 1954, you can still claim spousal benefits if you are married or are an eligible divorced spouse. You need to take advantage of these expiring benefits because they can be worth tens of thousands of dollars. If you are a widow or a widower, you are entitled to important survivor benefits. Even if you were divorced, you might be eligible. As Franklin said, there are thousands of rules pertaining to Social Security. You can go to ssa.gov for information pertaining to your individual circumstances. I also recommend Franklin's annually updated ebook, Maximizing Social Security Benefits. It is really short, concise, and simple to use. It pays to take advantage of Uncle Sam's inflation-adjusted annuity. You earned it. In this week's extra feature, Franklin discusses why the rules for claiming Social Security can be quite different if you are single. Please continue to share your comments with us on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to watch our YouTube channel. Thank you for taking the time to visit with us. Have a lovely weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.